0: so grateful to be here this morning, that even with all the worries and the cares that we have in this world, Lord, that we can come before you, and that you're still moving in our world today. We just cry out for more of you. heaven is speaking now his word is tearing our strongholds Step into the freedom, step into the freedom. The God of heaven is speaking now. His word is tearing our strongholds down. Step into the freedom, step into the freedom.
1: Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
0: And blessed be His kingdom, now and forever. Amen.
1: Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen.
2: Jesus said, the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And as we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done, and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy upon me and forgive me, that I may delight in my new will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you
1: absolution, remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of His Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have
0: mercy.
1: Lord, have mercy. Glory be to God on high, and on earth peace goodwill towards men. We praise Thee, we bless Thee, we worship Thee, we glorify Thee. We give thanks to Thee for Thy great glory. O Lord God, Heavenly King, God, the Father Almighty, O Lord, the Only Begotten Son, Jesus Christ, O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us, for Thou only art holy. Thou only art the Christ thou only, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Lord be with you. With you Let us pray together the Colette. Lord of all power and might, the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of your name. Increase in us true religion. Nourish us with all goodness. And bring forth in us the fruit of good works through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated.
3: Our first lesson for this morning comes from Jeremiah, chapter 15, beginning in verse 15. O Lord, you know, remember me and visit me, And take vengeance for me on my persecutors. In your enduring patience, do not take me away. Know that for your sake I have suffered rebuke. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. I did not sit in the assembly of mockers, nor did I rejoice, I sat alone because of your hand. For you have filled me with indignation. Why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable, which refuses to be healed? Will you surely be to me like an unreliable stream as waters that fail? Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, then I will bring you back. You shall stand before me. If you take out... The precious from the vial, you shall be as my mouth. Let them return to you, but you must not return to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified bronze wall. And they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you from the hand of the wicked And I will redeem you from the grip of the terrible. The word of the Lord. Uh, This morning's psalm is Psalm 138, and it can be found in your insert. We'll say it responsively, by the whole verse. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. I have also trusted in the Lord. I shall not slip. For your loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth.
1: I have not sat with idolatrous mortals, nor will I go in with hypocrites.
3: I have hated the assembly of evildoers, and will not sit with the wicked.
1: I will wash my hands of innocence, so I will go about your altar, O Lord.
3: That I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving, and tell of all your wondrous works. Do not gather my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men.
1: In whose hands is a sinister scheme, and whose right hand is full of lies.
3: But as for me, I will walk in my integrity. Redeem me, and be merciful to me.
1: My foot stands in an even place, and in the congregations I will bless the Lord.
3: Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit.
4: Our second reading this morning is taken from Romans, chapter 12, verse 9, commencing. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, Live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord.
2: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Praise Christ.
5: Good morning. So if you listen to the readings this morning, there's about seven sermons you've probably heard on each of those readings. They are packed with wisdom and goodness. And I just encourage you, I'm I'm going to give you a challenge. Read Psalm 138 this week at least one other time. In whatever whatever time it is just go and read psalm 138 and try and meditate on that because there's a lot of richness for The times we're in as you all know, and maybe are sick of hearing we are in unprecedented times, right? But really we're in the same the same battle that jesus was fighting that the apostles were fighting that the church has been fighting from the beginning Nothing has changed. It's evil versus good and we have the answer so we can walk in hope And as I was praying about the sermon this week, of course, I was writing kind of mini sermons on each of the readings, and then I just felt like God said, no, no, I gave you a word a couple weeks ago that I want you to bring, and so we're not even going to talk about any of those readings that I just said are so good. We're actually going to talk about something a little different. And I want to propose to you that the reason we're experiencing and seeing so much grief and tragedy and enmity is because the world we live in. Outside of the church, and sometimes unfortunately within the church, is characterized by wrong beliefs, disordered affections, and immoral behavior. Now, those are just words that need to be explained in depth, but we're not going to do all of that today. We're just going to talk about one of those things disordered affections. And Augustine is famous for talking about and writing the prayer that talks about order our affections aright. And so we're going to talk about what that means. And I titled this Hungry and Thirsty. Because your affections have to do with your desires and your longings, right? The things that you care about in your life. And so we're going to talk through that. And we're going to start in John chapter 6, verse 25. And actually, Deacon Michael mentioned this um, in his sermon a few weeks back. It's when Jesus has just fed the 5,000, and then his, he told the disciples: okay, get on a boat and cross the water. And the funny thing about when Jesus tells the disciples to do something is there's always a storm. There's always opposition. If you look in the in, in the gospel, when he's walking with his disciples, he sends them into opposition. And so don't be discouraged if God tells you to do something and you face a little bit of bad weather. That's very normal. And so Jesus walks on the water to get into the boat. And the the crowd saw the disciples leave, but they saw that Jesus wasn't with them. So they go over to the other side of the lake, and they're looking for Jesus. And Jesus shows up with the disciples on the boat. And they're like, man, where'd you come from? Where are you? Like, what just happened? They're flabbergasted. How did you get on the boat? And Jesus doesn't answer them. He just skips right past that. Because it's like, it's not important that I just walked on water. It's not important that you think that I'm cool and powerful. But what's important is your heart, and he gets right into it. When he talks to these people, he fed them yesterday, and now they're on the other side of the lake, and they followed him. And uh, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves, which is just like, hits right to the heart. It's like, you're not following me because I'm You're recognizing that I'm the one who's allowing the blind to see and the lame to walk That I'm the one that the scripture talked about that. I'm the son of god the messiah You're not recognizing who I am, but you're coming here because you want to get a free meal It's like you're missing the boat. You thought the loaves were what was important. It's me. That's important That's what he's saying. All these things i'm doing are signs and what do signs do they point to something? He's doing these signs because they point to him, not because the signs themselves are the focus. Yeah, God wants to feed you, and he might even want to feed you with real bread that sustains you physically. But the point is that it should point you back to the source, to Jesus, so he calls them out there and it's it's kind of the opposite of this story that I told a little while ago in one of my sermons when I was talking about Moses and he had this opportunity where the people of Israel are wandering in the desert you guys know the story for 40 years They get out of slavery and then they wander a desert for 40 years and what do they do the whole time instead of? Glorifying God for the things that he has done seeking God they complain because there's not enough food Because there's not enough water And the food that they get isn't good enough. So then they complain again as he miraculously provides for them. It sounds a lot like some of the ways that we treat God. I know I get convicted when I think about that. And God at some point has had it with the with the people of Israel. Actually at multiple points. But this is one of the points where God's like, Moses, I've had it with these people. What can I do that they will recognize that I am their loving father who wants to provide for them? You know what? I'm just gonna send my angel. He'll, he'll, he'll make a way for you and you guys can go into the promised land. Cause that seems to be the only thing you guys care about is the promises I've given you, not my presence. He said, but I'm not gonna go with you. And Moses, he had a heart after God, you see. And so Moses, he, he recognizes it. He goes, wait, hold on. The promised land is only good if you're in it. The promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, is only good if the presence of God is there. If you're not going to be there, I don't want to go. And yet so often we get caught up seeking the promises of God, the provision of God, the loaves that he provides for us. And we don't look for the presence of God. So then Jesus explains a little further in the next, So he just said, right, you're not following me because you're looking for me. You're following me because I gave you food. And then he says, do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. So that's what we're going to talk about today. What is the food that endures to eternal life? But before we do that, I do want to hit on the food that perishes. And I'm just going to hit on this briefly because I think you guys know this. But I just want to point something out. The food that perishes for us in America today is not the bread that you get at the grocery store for whatever, $3. There's more subtlety here. It might be that food because, of course, if you put that loaf in your pantry, it's going to perish over time. But there's something subtler that I think Jesus is getting at. And so let's talk about that real quick. Maybe it's that you work really hard at your job that you might not like. So that you can buy a nice TV and you can go home and you can open a glass of wine and you can watch TV all night Maybe that's what you are laboring for is those few hours in between when work is over And when you go to sleep when you can enjoy a drink and you can watch an entertaining TV show or maybe you're the person who has rejected the view of working really hard so you can afford nice things or you can have a place to live in. And you're working really hard so you can go on experiences and you can travel and you can see the world. Or maybe you're working really hard to establish your identity. Or, or, or you're, you're working really hard to establish your relationships with others to get to fill that need in you. All of that is good. In the sense that God loves that we can have a nice glass of wine, that we can be entertained, that we can be in relationship with each other. But it's not enough. That's not going to fulfill you. If your life is characterized, and I'm just going to blow it up to make it really obvious. If you're the person who works all day so that you can watch Netflix and go to bed and drink a glass of wine or whiskey or whatever your pleasure is, and that's the majority of your life, how sad is that? What have you accomplished if your life is centered around entertainment and relaxation and pleasure? And that can take any form, right? That might be you're the guy who really wants to afford a nice house so that you can go golfing every day. Maybe that's your big pleasure. But the point is that there's this idea in America that if you work your butt off and you give your time away to these corporations, that they will give you enough money so that you can be pleasured. You can have a good time so that you can relax and enjoy. And you can stockpile all your money for retirement, so then you can stop working someday and all you do is relax and golf and enjoy. It sounds kind of nice, and that's the problem. It sounds kind of nice, and that's why it's tempting. But that's the food that perishes. There are better things to work for. You can enjoy those things as a, 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 a rest stop on your way to the things of God. And God might even use those things to reward you, to give you excitement. And it might, be, it might be a fun thing. Like, I love computers. So I have no need for a computer. But I'll tell you, I've built like 16 different computers online. I haven't bought anything just to see how they would work together. You know, there's different ways you can see. Oh, this component's a little faster. But do you know that that's not that important to my life? Do you know what's important in my life? Do you know what I work for? I work that Rowan might know who Jesus is. That Rowan might grow up in a household that serves the Lord. That Ruby might know that she is loved and adored by her Father in Heaven. And that she has value and significance. And if I lose sight of that, which of course I do, I might get mad at Rowan for asking me to go play when I want to read a fun fantasy book. Or I want to watch a cool TV show. And Rowan's like, come play with me. Now, I'm not... Of course, I love playing with my son, but my point is we can lose sight of what's important and focus on the food that perishes. So let's talk about what the real food is, right? And there's going to be three things I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the word of God, the will of God, and the way of God. Because those are the three things that are the food, as you'll see in these scriptures as we move forward. And I'll start with, I I will pull one of the scriptures from today. We're going to talk about Jeremiah 15. He has this one verse in there. Your words were found and I ate them and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart Let's just break that out real quick So first of all the word of god is the food we all know that right because we've heard this next verse And i'll just say it now man shall not live by bread alone But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god So the words of god matter, but let's see the progression here He said your words were found. So he found the word of god. He ate them and then they became to him joy in the light of his heart. And I think that's how it works sometimes. Because when you open up the Bible, it's not joy the first time you open up the Bible. Maybe you don't get it. Maybe you don't understand it. But once you start digging into it, once you start Taking it in, once you start eating it, it will transform into the joy of the Lord as you start seeing these things. I know that Bishop Kessler sometimes gets excited about Bible passages that I have never cared that much about. But he'll read it in our Rector's Council meeting when we're doing our evening prayer, and he'll pull something out of it. And it'll be like, oh, that is joy. That is hope. That is the promises. And that's because he's dedicated his life to studying the Word of God. So how do we get the word of God? I just talked about in scripture, and I want to tell one more story about how the word of God in scripture can affect us. There was this guy, his name was St. Anthony of Egypt, and he is credited as being the founder of the monastic movement, the first big monastic movement in the church, where monks would go out in hermits and they would spend time just pursuing God in the desert. Um, he, he He was just a normal guy. He was raised in the Christian church, so he went to church on Sundays. But his parents had just died, and he had inherited their wealth, and he was trying to figure out in his head, like, okay, I've got a younger sister, and now I'm in charge. What do I do? And he went to church, and he got there at the reading of the gospel. So a lot like a lot of us, you know, he showed up pretty late to church, right? He missed the worship. He missed some of the other stuff. Um, but he got there for the gospel. And the gospel reading, they said, uh, if you want to be perfect, this is the sentence he hears if you want to be perfect Go and sell all you have and give to the poor then come and follow me and you will have treasure in heaven So that's the story of the rich young ruler, but do you know what he did he walked out of the church He didn't even stay for the rest of the service He walked out of the church and he sold Everything he had and he came back and he followed god and he started the monastic movement, Right what we need is we need ears to hear when Scripture is not just a story, but the Word of God for our life. There might be something that we read today that God wants you to know right now. Because the Scripture is not just a bunch of words that were written down to describe God. They are actually living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. They can convict you. They can, Im- they can imbue hope and faith in you. But we need ears to hear. So that's reading God in the scriptures. The other way is that God wants to actually talk to you. And this one's a little bit controversial, right? Because, you know, it's easier to pick up a Bible and say, this is the word of God. But when you hear that still small voice is one way that they talk about it. Or when God leads you to a thought, it's really easy to convince yourself that that wasn't God. Like if God, this is just a really trite example, but if God, you're walking out of the grocery store, and there's somebody there who's asking for money, and God says, hey, I think you should give them some money. Do you know how easy it is to say, oh, that wasn't God, and to move on with your life? And that's the smallest little thing. But when you, let's say, for instance, my dad has this great story where my mom had a medical complication, and she had some internal bleeding, and he's in the hospital, and they thought they had fixed the problem. And then all of a sudden, my mom's really pale, and she, gets, and she calls the nurse, and she doesn't even talk to my dad. She just calls the nurse, and she says, you're going to lose me. Get in here. Her, she, her vitals were crashing. She was going to die. And dad's, you know, shuffled out of the room so they can do their work. And dad, in that moment, had to talk to God. There was a moment where he realized, I can't call My pastor, I can't call Bishop or Papu or somebody else. I need to stand in faith in this moment that God can rescue, that God can save. And if you never spend that time leading up to those moments that come in your life, talking to God, developing that relationship with your Father in Heaven who loves you, then it's going to be really hard to turn to Him in that moment. It would be really easy to just break down in despair and fear when you're faced with a moment like that. But if you take the time now to develop that relationship, to hear from the Lord, to learn how to hear His voice, then He will guide you in the abundant life and He will be there in your time of need. So God speaks to you through scriptures. He wants to speak to you directly. And He wants to speak to you by the, the people around you, the community that you you're surround yourself with. There's a whole verse and a whole teaching that I'm not going to get into. I'm just going to tell a story. One time... When I went to college, I had all these insecurities in me, and I think this is common. When you when you come out from your parents' roof, you're kind of out from their covering, you're becoming your own person, and you've built up all of these woundings and insecurities that have gone throughout your life that you haven't even paid attention to. And I didn't even know what they were, but I was, walk, I was trying to figure out what church I was going to go to, and one of the college pastors was like, well, let's go out for lunch. And he prayed for me at the end of that lunch after I just kind of shared who I was and He said, God told me to tell you that the reason he has chosen you is not because of your gifts and your talents. It's because of your heart for him. And that revelation, that little word that he said, which, you know, that sounds like something you can make up out of the Bible. Like, sure, yeah, great, that's a good principle. But spoken at the right time with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit changed the way that I viewed my life. Now, I'm not saying that you need to go up to everybody today and start giving them these massive prophetic words that change the way that they view their lives. But I am saying that you can trust the Holy Spirit to speak to you because he loves the people you're praying for. And so he'll use even you, insignificant as you are, to bless them if you'll let him. And I learned in those years when I was at that church how to pray for people and hear the Lord. It often sounds like the things that God says in the Bible. It's often as simple as God loves you. He knows what you did and he loves you anyway. But that spoken by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the right person as you're praying for them, that could save their life. That could change their life. And we don't use it hardly at all. When was the last time you prayed for somebody and you just let God speak to you? And encourage that person It takes a little bit of faith. It's kind of like getting out of the boat in the middle of a storm, right? It takes a little bit of faith, but we can do it and I know Sidebar that that's one of the plans that bishop kessler has for our church is to remind us and to teach us how to operate in the spiritual gifts Over the next year. That's what he said last last week as well So look forward to that because that's one of the main ways that god wants to encourage and build up the church Is through you hearing god for your brother and sister in the lord So that's the word of god Is Uh, Is is one of the one of the foods that we need and i'll just say one more thing It says that man does not live by bread alone But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god that means that you God's speaking over you and that's sustaining your life Whether you hear him or not And we know that in god we live and move and have our being But god's words over you are sustaining your life And if you're going through a time period where you're experiencing a lot of anxiety and stress and you haven't been hearing from the Lord in the scripture or in prayer. You might be spiritually starving and you don't even know. Because you haven't been eating the word that God wants to fill you with. So let's talk about the, the will of God. This is another story from Jesus. And he just talked to the women at the well. And the disciples come to him. And they're like, man, it's the heat of the day. I wonder if he ate something, right? And so the disciples were urging him. They're like, Rabbi, eat something. And Jesus says, I have food to eat that you do not know about. And the disciples said to one another, I love it. They're so literal. Like, did somebody bring him some Denny's or Del Taco or something? Like, what's going on? How did he get food that they don't know about, right? Somebody snuck him some food. And he goes, no, 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 no. He hears them or he discerns their heart. And he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. So our food is the will of God, and I'll tell one story to illustrate this, and we'll move on. I was listening to this podcast. You guys have probably heard of the Joe Rogan experience. I can't recommend it from the pulpit because there are plenty of expletives, and there are things that I disagree with, but it, basically it's this guy, and he just has these conversations with these famous people, and what's interesting about it is you get to see the way that people think, and that's what I like to listen to it for, and so there's, there, was, there was this guy, Rob Lowe, which if you know him, he is literally one of the coolest actors around, and He's uh, from one of my favorite shows parks and rec and he was really famous when he was young, right? I think his first big role. He was like 16 years old So he's one of those child stars who's managed to stay in the game for a long time, which is pretty impressive But joe rogan asked him he said hey, what what is it about these child stars that when they achieve this level of fame and fortune? They are depressed, they have a high rate of suicide, they have they go into drugs and alcohol and throw their lives away. What happens? I don't get it. They get everything. They get money and fortune and fame. Why do they do this? And Rob Lowe goes, oh, I get it. I was there. I get it. Because what happens is you tell yourself that this thing that you're going to do, you, you audition, you work your butt off to get to the place that you need to go, and then it doesn't satisfy it's not enough it's empty if all you're pursuing is fame fortune comfort you will find that it is not enough you are starving for something greater than that so maybe god has called you to something a vocation a calling not just a job or a career but something that he's put in your heart to do For Debbie Powell, it's pretty obvious. God has called her to teach young men and women, young children, how to read. And she is partially fulfilled because she was willing to step into that role as a teacher, right? She's also called to be a mother of seven daughters. I can talk about some of these people who have gone before us, who I can see them and they're fulfilling their calling. And they have a strength because of that. That you don't see when you when you look at these famous actors and actresses, especially the young one I mean you you just know the stories It's like there's something they've achieved something in their life that should fulfill them and it doesn't so remember that doing the will of god Is one of the ways that you will feed yourself with the food that doesn't perish but leads to eternal life And if you don't know what that is ask god ask your home group leader figure it out because it matters It really matters God has a call for you, and you're the only one in the world who can fulfill that call. And if you don't do it, something's going to be missing from the kingdom. And lastly, we'll talk real quick about the way of God. So we've got the word of God, the will of God, and the way of God. And I'll go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. What is righteousness? Righteousness is a bigger word than we think, right? Righteousness is not following the Ten Commandments. That's a part of righteousness, but it is not the end of righteousness. What he's talking about is something that's far deeper. It's when you see those videos of somebody getting brutally murdered and people are crying out and protesting That's the the thing that they're responding to is the godly hunger for righteousness. It's just not right. It's not the way the world was meant to be. And that's just throwing politics away. Each one of us is disturbed by the things that we've seen when people are dying in the streets for one reason or another. Whatever the solution to that is, that's not the point that I'm getting at right now. The point is, you have a hunger for the world to be set right. And Jesus came that the kingdom of God would do that. That people could live in peace and righteousness and joy. That's the world that we're looking for. That's the world we're looking to create in our families, in our community, in our church, in our nation, and in the world. The important thing about this verse is not that you succeed at being righteous. Because Jesus bought you with a price and we can experience the righteousness of God on our life. So we are covered by him. The point of this verse is that you need to hunger and thirst for God to put the world right in your life and in the world around you. And if you can develop that hunger and that thirst, then you will be filled. That's a promise that God has given us. And yet we get so complacent. We do just enough. We just go throughout our days and we don't pay attention. But God wants to change you so that you live your life the way that he's called you to live. Not just doing the things he's called you to do, but following in the way that he's called you to live. Every desire that you have, and this is, I'll conclude here. Every desire that you have has been given by God. Now, it may be distorted or disordered by the experience that you've had in the world. Maybe the desire that you get when you watch HBO and you watch this really adventuresome thing or Avatar The Last Airbender is uh, really popular on Netflix right now and I love that show. It's about this adventure and this little kid and he saves the world, you know. He goes through all these trials and he saves the world. The, this, the desire that I have to watch that show, part of that is that I know that I've been called by God to be a part of his salvation of the world. And I get a little feeling when I watch somebody else do it. Or Lord of the Rings, right? When Aragorn's running towards Mount Doom and he knows he's going to die, but he's willing to fight to the last breath. It's because something in me has been called to lay down my life for my brothers. And I get a little bit of a feeling when I watch it happen on screen. Or maybe when I go to Facebook and I feel connected to people... I'm trying to fill that des- rightful desire for relationships. How bankrupt are our friendships and our relationships when we have to turn to social media to feel connected rather than picking up the phone and calling a friend? Or lastly, I'll mention the, the rampant ideology uh, in, our, in our world that says that sex outside of marriage, God-given marriage, is totally great. You know what that is? It's a lot of people who have a hunger and a thirst for the real thing that is only found in godly marriage. And they're trying to find it anywhere else. It's one of the most beautiful God-given desires. And when Paul talks about marriage, he's like, it's a picture of Christ in the church. It's a mystery. It's something wonderful. Being married myself, I can tell you that everything before that was just a shadow. The relationships I had before, Haley, the things that were outside of the God-given sacrament of marriage, just a shadow of the real. So don't get distracted by the food that perishes, that the world is offering you. And they're trying to, man, every advertiser, every dollar in this world is trying to grab your affection and say, care about our social media thing. Watch this video. Watch this TV platform. Subscribe for another thing. Buy more this Go out and get relationships with different people. I mean, everything is vying for your attention and your affection. But you will only be satisfied if you eat the food that endures to eternal life. And that is the word of God, the will of God, and the way of God. So if I say anything today, it's war against complacency. Because if you're neutral on this, if you're not intentional, then there's a lot of people who are going to drag you into their orbit. There's a lot of things that are going to capture you with their advertising dollars and the phone in your pocket. There's a lot of things that are going to convince you to spend your money, spend your time, and spend your effort on all of these things. So be intentional in developing your hunger and your thirst for the Word of God, the will of God, and the way of God. Amen? Please stand.
1: and the life of the world to come.
2: Let us pray for the church and for the world. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church, that we all all may be one. one. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. Your Your name name may be glorified glorified by all people. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons, that they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world, that there may be justice justice and and peace on on the earth. earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake, that our works may may find find favor favor in in your sight. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble, that they may May be be delivered from from their distress. distress. Give to to the departed eternal rest,
1: that light perpetual shine upon them.
2: We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy,
1: May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Almighty God, to whom our needs are known before we ask, help us to ask only what accords with your will in those good things which we dare not or in our blindness cannot ask. Grant us for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Share the peace with your neighbor.
2: Neighbors,
1: peace, Lord.
5: Lord be with you. Uh, so we have just a couple announcements today. First of all, and we're very excited about this, uh, we are moving indoors next week. Indoor church, very exciting. Yes, thank you. Um, we will still be having, like we mentioned last week, three services that you can choose to attend to make sure that we have plenty of room for people to spread out. We've got our 7:30 service, uh, our 10 a.m. service, obviously, this one, which will be indoors. And then we have our 5 p.m. service. So if you, uh, for any reason, want to go to any of those services, that's great. And we should have plenty of room to operate proper social distancing as we take one step closer to getting back to the normal uh, that we're looking for. And I just wanted to mention one other thing. we are going to be doing a couple of sermon series this fall, and I'm really excited about it. We've been talking about it and praying about it in the leadership, uh, Bishop and Father Lewis and Dad, and we are very excited about it. I just wanted to encourage one thing. It's maybe bring a notebook. church. I don't don't know. At this church I was at in Boston, everybody had a notebook and then they would take notes. And I thought, wow, that's a great idea. And so I started doing it. And I realized that the reason you do it is because tomorrow, if you ask me what the sermon was about yesterday, you know what I would tell you? Uh, Let me check my notes because I just preached the sermon, but you know, I can't remember it. So I'm just encouraging you to think about it a little differently and maybe bring a notepad. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate, but I find that I get so much more out of something when I Put that intentional effort into writing it down, reading it, and occasionally I can go back and even review it, and I find that I get so much more out of it. So that's just one little encouragement as we move forward, but look forward. The first sermon series is going to be called The Discernment Toolbox. It's going to be really great. All right, thanks.
2: To receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
1: Welcome, all baptized believers, to receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him, and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have not been here long, you who have tried to follow and you who have failed. Come, because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. Come to the table. The Lord be with you.
2: And with your spirit.
1: Lift up your hearts.
2: Up to the Lord.
1: Give thanks to the Lord our God. It is it is Father, all powerful and ever living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through his cross and resurrection, he freed us from sin and death and called us to the glory that has made us a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart. Everywhere we proclaim your mighty works, for you have called us out of darkness into your own wonderful light. And so with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and join in their unending hymn of praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, you are holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy, so that may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted. He took bread and he gave you thanks. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us therefore proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. And Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, the saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love, together with our patriarch Craig, our Bishop Douglas, and with all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Olivia, Connie, Susan, Carl, Serena, Naomi, Rachel, Nadia, Kyle, Sonia, Sandra, Maria, Karen, Father David and Darcy, Tammy, Thomas, Cade, the Covino family, Michael, Sherry, Kayla, the Barnes family, the Marines and Sailors of Camp Pendleton and those who serve. Other names may be added. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ through the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, the martyrs, with St. Michael and all thy saints. May we praise you in union with him and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, forever and ever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power... And the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. O Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world.
2: Have mercy upon
1: us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world.
2: Have mercy upon
1: us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world.
2: Grant us thy peace.
1: The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Jesus died for you and feed on them in your hearts with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to his supper. Amen. I thought that was a very timely word that Jesse brought. There are a lot of people that are very close to us, maybe not a part of our church, but close to a lot of our young people that have uh, come to the end of themselves and made some really bad decisions, either drug overdose or suicide. And it's it's just terribly sad that to, to believe in the lies. And as we've talked about the discernment toolbox, this series that we want to talk about, so that We as Christians who have the mind of Christ, we have the Holy Spirit within us, and we have tools and and things that God's given us to help us to know what's right and what's wrong, what's true and what's not true. Jesse talked a little bit about that today, to have such a desire for that truth. It's so important. As he said, I encourage you to to take note. If you miss one of the series or one one of the messages, Go look it up online. we got it at MyStMichaels.com. We've got it on YouTube. It's there. But you need to plug in and you need to, to, to listen and to hear what God is speaking to us. I think it's really important. And um, it will help you whenever you minister to those around you, either to your children or your children's friends or, or whatever God brings to you. Amen? Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, You have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with the spiritual food and the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander throughout the world seeking the ruin of souls. And As you go out from this place, always remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself, not counting our sins against us. God loves us. God has forgiven us. God is not angry at us. And God will never leave us or forsake us. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be with you in those you love and care for now and forever. Amen.
2: Spirit. Thanks be spirit to God.
0: Hallelujah.